In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Alfred Hitchcock once said that movies are life with the dull bits cut out, leaving only car chases and first kisses and court verdicts and shocking revelations. We don't want to watch a movie about someone who's waiting in line in the grocery store or on the phone with their, their credit card company or responding to emails. Similarly, many of us want to lead lives with all the dull bits cut out, leaving only spiritual highs and life-changing encounters and births and baptisms and weddings. But most of our lives contain a lot of dull bits. God placed us in a world where we're called to work, and most of us can't choose to skip a day in the office because the work is boring. God gave us bodies that require rest, but sometimes we have insomnia and we'll lay in bed bored counting sheep as we try to fall asleep. God called us to have relationships with other people, but sometimes that means listening to someone talk through their problems for hours when we're not really in the mood to listen to someone else. These are all the dull scenes in our lives that a good director would leave on the cutting room floor. But here's my question. What if all the boring parts of our lives really matter to God? What if God is concerned how we act when we're stuck in a traffic jam or on the phone with a customer service representative or talking to a server in a restaurant this evening? In the gospel passage we heard a few moments ago, we hear that the Lord appointed 70 and sent them out ahead of him in pairs. But first, Jesus gave them their exciting marching orders. Whenever you enter a town, cure the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. The 70 are sent out to perform miracles, to herald God's kingdom, to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. What a commissioning, what an assignment they're given. In verse 16, Jesus finishes giving his command to the 70, and they're sent out. Do you want to guess what we read in the very next verse, verse 17? When the 70 returned. So what happened between the end of verse 16 and the beginning of verse 17? My guess is those were, at least in part, the dull bits. The 70 were certainly excited. They had important work to do. I'm sure they also had some fear and trepidation. They didn't know the challenges they would face. They didn't know what was ahead of them. But I'm sure they also faced some dull bits. Think about the 70 and the scope of this mission they were given to do. What would that mean? Well, that would mean they'd have a lot of walking. They'd walk 
and walk and walk and walk. And if they started to get blisters on their feet, they didn't have a second pair of sandals because Jesus told them not to bring one. They probably didn't have any moleskin to put on those blisters and prevent them from getting worse. We read that Jesus sent them out in pairs. Now we don't read that Jesus first had them take a Myers-Briggs personality inventory and paired them up to make sure they were compatible and they'd get along really well. So there were probably times when one person got really annoyed with his assigned partner and he had to bite his tongue, he had to control his temper. Or imagine when they walked into one of these towns and they went into the first house that welcomed them. I imagine occasionally one of these pairs found themselves in a house with a grouchy old woman who wouldn't stop complaining about her children who don't visit often enough, how the neighborhood is falling apart, how no one appreciates their elders anymore. And Jesus had given them instructions that when they entered a house, they weren't to move around from one house to another. So for weeks on end, these pair would be stuck, to miss, stuck in Mrs. McGillicuddy's house as she talked about everything that was wrong with the world. These were the dull parts. So here's my question. What if God cares about our faithfulness, about yours and mine, even in the dull parts? About 30 years ago, Daniel Kahneman, a Nobel Prize-winning psychologist and behavioral economist, crafted a study to see what is revealed in our decision-making. He wanted to know how our personality is revealed in the great life-altering decisions we make in contrast to the little insignificant mundane decisions we make every day. And he found that the big decisions of our lives are practically random and reveal nothing about who we are. The career we choose, for example, may be based on one good teacher who happened to inspire us decades earlier. The spouse we marry may be driven by the happenstance of the college dorm to which we were assigned. On the other hand, Kahneman found that the small, insignificant seeming decisions of our lives are remarkably systematic in unveiling truths about ourselves. Our small decisions reveal great insights into our personalities, our values, our priorities, our character. In other words, the fact that you're a lawyer says very little about you, but the way you care for your clients speaks volumes. The identity of your spouse or your partner doesn't reveal much about you, but the way you treat your spouse or your partner day in or day out sheds great light on your values. It turns out that the little actions we take reveal a great deal more about our character than the big actions. It turns out that the dull bits of our lives reveal who we really are. Naaman was a great and powerful military commander of the army of Aram. However, 
he also suffered from leprosy. In his quest to find a cure, he went to the king of Aram. He went to the king of, of Israel. He went to the house of the prophet Elisha. Naaman was traveling with 10 talents of silver, with 6,000 shekels of gold, with horses, with chariots. This was all exciting and interesting. And when Naaman arrived at the house of Elisha, he expected Elisha to fling open the doors and perform a great miracle. Instead, and this is the Mark Anderson paraphrased version, instead a messenger came to the door and said, you're Naaman, right? Okay, good. You know the Jordan River? Yeah, that dirty, muddy river just over there. You need to go there and wash seven times, and then you'll be fine. And with that, the door was shut. And Elisha never appeared. And Naaman was left there, staring at a closed door, aghast at the order he'd just been given. He wanted a great assignment. He wanted a life-changing adventure, but Elisha wouldn't even come to the door to talk to him. We read that Naaman exclaimed, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Now that would have been a great movie scene. That would have been exciting. That would have been a powerful a miracle to witness. But Naaman had no interest in trudging over to the local river where the riffraff and the rabble bathed and washed their clothes. Naaman didn't want to waste his time on the simple, the boring. He thought the mundane didn't really matter. The irony is that much of the time it's easier for us to do harder things. And it's harder for us to convince ourselves to do the simple and the mundane. In my life, for example, if you ask me to go on a week-long medical mission trip to Honduras, I will jump at the opportunity. But if you ask me to get up at 2 in the morning and go change a baby's diaper, that sounds like a real chore. And yet what we know is the little decisions in our lives oftentimes have the greatest impacts. Consistently mentoring a new employee at our company or visiting a homebound neighbor who, whose husband passed away recently to check and see how she's doing or helping an aunt enroll in Medicare or even worse, helping an uncle set up his new email account. <laughs> These are the mundane tasks that I'm not often in the mood to do. But these are also the moments in our lives that really reveal our character. Naaman was willing to meet with the king of Aram, willing to meet with the king of Israel, willing to go to the house of the prophet Elisha, but when he was asked to do something boring, he wasn't willing to do that. We read, however, that his servants approached him and said to him, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? 
And for some reason, Naaman relented, and he went to the River Jordan, and he washed seven times, and he was cured of this leprosy. God was calling him to be faithful in the normal, humdrum moments of life. And you and I are also called to be faithful in the dull bits of our lives. Our culture doesn't generally give out trophies for faithfulness through the mundane. We don't often celebrate quiet and consistent service. And frankly, we can't always even see the power of our impact when we remain faithful through the humdrum. For example, if you give your time to serve at volunteers in medicine week after week and month after month, you'll probably never fully understand the depth of your impact. Or if you regularly check on a neighbor, you'll probably never fully know how this impacts that neighbor. But we're called to be faithful consistently, even through the humdrum. This is Independence Day weekend. Tomorrow is Independence Day. And we often focus our attention in this country on the big days, on Independence Day or January 6th or Veterans Day or Juneteenth. And if you turn on the TV, you'll hear big sweeping narratives depending on the channel about how either our country is going to hell in a handbasket or how our country is the greatest country in the history of the world because of freedom. But for most of us, most of the time, we find ourselves facing smaller questions. We find ourselves dealing with the more mundane questions of life. How do we care for an aging parent? Or how will we respond when our spouse needs support? Or what will we say when someone asks us to give up our Saturday and go serve in a community organization? And on this Independence Day weekend, it's good for us to remember that the sum of our little individual stories says as much about our country's values as the actions of those who declared independence 236 years ago. So what are the dull bits of your life? Are you a parent who's called to faithfully raise a child even when that means carpooling them from soccer to baseball to school? Do you work at a business where you're called to show each one of your clients compassion and honesty and respect? Are you a teacher who's called to check on that student who's always the last one to pack his books at the end of class? After all, Elisha, sent Naaman to do work that was uninteresting and mundane, washing in a muddy river, but it changed his life. And Jesus sent the 70 out to do work that was at least in part repetitive and boring, but through their work, they prepared people for the coming of Jesus. 
And God has also appointed you, each one of you, and given you work to do, and called you to be faithful, even, even during the dull bits. Amen.